Welcome to the Week in Review for the week of December 15, I'm Rubina Margosyan. In the news, 32 Army and POWs return to Armenia from Azerbaijani captivity. Armenia's foreign minister receives an exclusive invitation to participate in the EU Foreign Affairs Council gathering in Brussels, and the EUMA expands its mission in Armenia, bringing the total number of staff from 138 to 209. This week, 32 Army and POWs were repatriated to Armenia by Azerbaijan. This was as per an agreement reached between Yerevan and Baku last week. Armenia also returns two Azerbaijani servicemen. The exchange took place on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border near Tavush. Most of the 32 Armenian servicemen were captured by Azerbaijan in December of 2020 near Hadrut and Khazabert in Arsakh, and this was after the signing of the November 9 ceasefire agreement. Among the repatriated servicemen was also an Arsakh Armenian who was captured in September and an army reservist from Armenia who had strayed into Azerbaijani territory from his post in Jermuk in August and was sentenced to life imprisonment by Bakum. The servicemen have undergone all the necessary medical examinations and have already been reunited with their families. The two Azerbaijani servicemen who were part of the exchange had crossed into Armenia's Sunik region from Azerbaijan's exclave Nakhichevan in April of this year. One of them murdered the guard of the Zangezur copper plant and was given a life sentence days before the exchange. According to Siranush Sarksyan, a human rights lawyer representing the rights of the POWs, 33 Armenians still remain in Azerbaijani captivity. This number includes the eight current and former leaders of Nagorno-Karabakh arrested by Baku following Azerbaijan's September military offensive in Artsakh, six civilian captives, and 41 POWs. According to the human rights lawyer, other than the confirmed 23, at least another 80 Armenians are still in Azerbaijani captivity, but have not been officially confirmed. As I said, the prisoner exchange agreed upon by Yerevan and Baku was uh, part of the joint statement that was made by Yerevan and Baku last week, and which said it is a move towards taking tangible steps in building confidence between the two countries. The agreement also stipulated that Armenia will support the bid of Azerbaijan to host the 29th session of the Conference of Parties to the UN Framework of Conversation on Climate Change by withdrawing its own candidacy, which Armenia did. And the conference will take place in Baku despite uh, some controversy around it. On December 12, European Council President Charles Michel told Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, that the EU is working very hard to help Armenia and Azerbaijan negotiate a comprehensive agreement as soon as possible. Michel went on to say that it was possible for Armenia and Azerbaijan to make a joint statement last year, partially because the EU helped them. We encouraged them, he said. We suggested some options and some ideas to bring them closer to each other on the topics that have been announced. And we are still working on additional steps to encourage a peace treaty, a normalization agreement between Armenia and Azerbaijan. The president of the European Council also spoke about the rights of the Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians. He said that they should have the right to return or at least to be able to visit Quote, this part of Azerbaijan, end of quote, and their security and rights must be guaranteed under international standards in terms of protection of the minorities and must be respected in line with the constitution of Azerbaijan. Brussels is therefore trying to convince the Azerbaijani authorities to demonstrate that they want to protect the minorities and to guarantee that the international standards are respected, added Michel. And despite the goodwill and the encouragement from the EU, there is still no set date for Armenian Azerbaijan to 
return to the negotiating table. This is either uh, through a U.S. or EU facilitation or a Russian mediation. Last week, Armenia's foreign minister, Atmir Zuan, accepted the U.S. invitation to hold the next round of talks in Washington. Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehun Bayramov, is yet to confirm his participation. However, this week, during the Eastern Partnership Ministerial meeting, Bayramov announced that Azerbaijan stands for bilateral talks directly between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And also this week, during a joint press conference with Estonia's foreign minister, who was in Yerevan on an official visit, Mirzoyan expressed hope that Yerevan and Baku will be able to reach an agreement regarding the mutual withdrawal of troops from the border as a sign of building trust between the two sides. Today, during a press conference with his Turkish counterpart, Jehun Bayramov stated that he does not agree with Armenia's foreign minister. He added that since the Armenia-Azerbaijan border is not demarcated, there will be no guarantee that new positions won't be taken over by any country if there is a mutual withdrawal of troops. And on that subject, during a cabinet meeting this week, the Armenian government approved the rules of and the procedures for the organization and holding of sessions and joint working meetings between the border commissions of Armenia and Azerbaijan. The basis of the document was agreed upon between the commissions of the two countries on November 30, according to which the work order must be approved by the governments of the two countries. Deputy Prime Minister Mihail Grigoryan, who is the chairman of the Armenian Border Commission, stated that at the moment, only organizational issues have been agreed upon. In the next stage, the sites might define and describe the methodology by which the border demarcation and delimitation is to be carried out, according to Grigorian. And Azerbaijan's cabinet of ministers has also approved the rules of procedure for the border commissions and instantly, which is kind of a direct negation of this uh, goodwill and progress in regards to border delimitation and demarcation. This week, during the same cabinet meeting, the Armenian government also decided that the steel factory that was being constructed in Yerask on the border with Nakhichevan will be constructed more inland, and this is in the village of Ararat. Since the construction of the factory had begun in Yerask, Azerbaijan had been constantly targeting and shelling the site, and construction has become impossible. And as a reminder, two Indian workers of the factory, uh, steel factory had been injured uh, earlier this year. Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Mikhail Galuzhin stated earlier this week that there is always a chance for Armenia and Azerbaijan to sign a peace treaty by the end of the year, adding that ultimately it is up to Yerevan and Baku whether they will use the chance or not. Russia's Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova echoed Galuzhin's words, adding that Moscow is always ready to help its partners to achieve a balanced agreement. And on December 26, the annual information gathering of the leaders of the states of CIS countries will take place in St. Petersburg. It is yet unclear if Pashinyan, who has recently been absent from all Russia-led gatherings, will participate. And on the occasion yesterday, during an end-of-the-year meeting with reporters, Russia's president uh, Vladimir Putin said that it would not be in Armenia's interests to leave the Russian-led economy at military blocks. This is CSTO, e EAEU, and CIS, uh, quite a few. He added that ultimately this is still the choice of the 
the state, meaning Armenia. And when he was asked to comment on the absence of Armenian prime minister from recent events, Putin noted that they know that this is due to some processes in Armenia and it's not related to a desire or willingness to continue working in these integration associations. These processes are connected with Karabakh, Putin said, referring to Azerbaijan's September 1920 military offensive. And this week, the EU High Representative for Foreign Affairs, Joseph Borrell, announced that the EU will strengthen the EU mission Armenia uh, in Armenia, bringing the total number of observers from 138 to 209, addressing reporters after an informal breakfast gathering of EU Foreign Affairs Council in Brussels, in which Armenia's Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan also participated on an exclusive invitation. Borrell said that the EU is currently working on strengthening its relations with Armenia. According to the EU official, the important increase of the size of the mission is a way of increasing the stability of Armenia's international border with Azerbaijan. And as part of the EU Foreign Affairs Council meeting, uh, Ararat Mirzoyan briefed his counterparts on the programs and the steps aimed at further expanding and deepening the Armenia-EU partnership. He also elaborated on Armenia's vision on establishing lasting stability and peace in the region. While in Brussels, the Armenian Foreign Minister also took part in the Eastern Partnership Ministerial meeting in his speech, Mirzoya noted that the Eastern Partnership has contributed to the democratic transition of Armenia. He added that Armenia is resolute to continue its democratization journey with sustainable support from the EU. According to him, the most recent manifestation of Yerevan's determination is the ratification of the Rome Statute by Armenia. By joining the International Criminal Court, Armenia contributed to the strengthening of the international legal order while at the same time reclaiming its sovereign right to take decisions based on its national interests, the Armenian foreign minister said. Mirzoyan also went on to say that the Armenian government warmly welcomed the EU commissioner's decision to recommend the European Council to open association talks with Moldova and Ukraine and to grant candidate status to Georgia. He added that this decision is welcomed not only by the government of Armenia, but also its people who also have European aspirations. Yesterday, Georgia was officially granted EU candidate status. The European Council also announced that the EU would open a session negotiations with fellow Eastern Partnership members, Ukraine and Moldova. And on the sidelines of the Eastern Partnership Ministerial me- meeting, uh, Mirzoyan met with his French and Ukrainian counterparts, as well as the foreign ministers of several other European countries. Meanwhile, Armenia's defense minister, Surem Papikian, was in Cyprus and Greece this week. Papikian met with his Cypriot and Greek counterparts, discussing bilateral cooperation in the field of defense. And these days, Yerevan is hosting the ministerial meeting of the landlocked developing countries. The meeting is one of the biggest events held in Armenia jointly with the UN. The meeting is attended by over 30 foreign delegations and also representatives of international organizations are attending, particularly the UN High Representative for the least developed countries, landlocked developing countries, and small island developing states. Exclusive Secretary of the United 
United Nations Economic Commission for Europe is also in Yerevan on the occasion, as well as the deputy director of the World Trade Organization. And also, Armenia has been elected to be a member of the UNESCO Committee for the Protection of Cultural Property in the Event of Armed Conflict. This is for the years 2023-2027. Armenia was also a member of the committee from 2013 until 2021. And uh, in more local news, displaced people from Artsakh can already apply to receive their pensions and other welfare payments in Armenia. They can apply to social services uh, and receive their payments for October and onwards. The applicants do not have to adopt Armenian citizenship, even though uh, the option is open for all Artsakh Armenians. They can just present their refugee status. And the International Committee of the Red Cross is still supplying food and medicine, as well as providing medical services to the few Armenians who still remain in Artsakh. There is no definite number of how many Armenians still live in Artsakh, but according to the International Committee of the Red Cross, it is providing assistance to 25 individuals. And a Yerevan prosecutor is looking into the illegally appropriated property belonging to Armenia's former president, Robert Kocharyan's son, Setrak Kocharyan, and his wife, Kocharyan, and his wife have property in Armenia as well as in Tanzania, which the prosecutors deem as illegally appropriated. The Republic of Armenia wants to confiscate property worth overall 60 million US dollars from the Kocharyan family. The anti-corruption court is examining two separate cases, one concerning Setra Kocharyan, the older son of the former president, and the other one concerning the former president himself and the rest of his family members. Courts in Armenia are currently investigating over 90 cases of illegal appropriation concerning former officials, among them former President Serge Sarkisian, former Defense Minister Seyran Ohanian, former Police Chief Vladimir Gasparian, and others. And just this week, five properties were returned to the state, three of which were illegally appropriated by Vachakan Ghazarian, the former head of the security service of the former president, Serge Sarkisian. And last week, we talked about a head investigation uh, looking into the illegal construction conducted by the Ejmiazin mayor, Diana Galistian's family, rather family-in-law. And this week, the Anti-Corruption Committee of Armenia launched an investigation that was based on the article published by HETC. The case was presented to the committee by the prosecutor general's office. And uh, that's, that's the news for this week from Armenia. Uh, we'll be back again next week.